From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. When you want to have fun and have scratchers to scratch, there's a playful way you can do just that. Scratch with the key or acrylic nail. Scratch with the quill from a porcupine tail. Use a belt buckle from your friend Lamar. Or scratch with your pick while you play guitar. You can scratch in a bunch of different playful ways. Scratchers from the California lottery. A little play can make your day. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. In each episode, our special guest brings with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, our guest is the writer, producer, and director of the incredible new film, The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster, Bomani J. Story. Hello, welcome to the show. What's happening? Hey. What's happening? What's happening? Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. We're really excited to chat with you. I know Mary Beth had seen uh, the Angry Black Girl a little bit ago. Was it out, out of South by? Is that where it yeah, was? Yeah, I did. I was yeah, and loved it. And then I finally got to see it, and I too loved it. So we're really excited. But for our listeners that might not know what the movie's about, can you kind of explain uh, what what the story is? Yeah, it's about messed up shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's all you need That's to really know. That's all you need to know. It's got it's Frankenstein and it's fucked up that's it yeah, go watch like, it yeah, that's all you need to know uh, that's um you know it's uh, inspired by the literature you know uh, mary shelley's literature uh, uh frankenstein uh through the eyes of a teenage black girl who on a journey to cure death um and hilarity ensues 
hilarity sure. ensues. Yeah, hilarity. Yes. Lots of hilarity. <laughs> that is the one thing this movie is full of, is I it was a laugh right the entire time. Yeah. Laughing the whole the time. Right. Yeah. Hilarity. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, because uh, I was an English major uh, growing up. I have read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein so many times. I'm curious how you um, how you decided to incorporate that and use that as sort of the foundation for, for your story. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, like you, I mean, I wasn't an English major, but when I read the book, I was just, it was so profound. It was so incredible. Mm -hmm. um, it induced so much anxiety into me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it was just so um, fantastic. And I just felt like a lot of the interpretations of it were leaving a lot of stuff on the floor that I loved, you know, from the mm -hmm. book that I thought was very, very, not only just from a thematic standpoint, but some of like the more scarier elements, you know, it's like, I, I remember looking at the parts where he, you know, goes through his story of how he learned and how he was watching this family and stuff like that. And though it's coming through flashback and you're kind of with the creature, Whenever I thought about that, I was just like, yeah, but when you look at it from the other side, that's actually really scary. Just like someone in the walls, yeah. like watching you through the windows and like, you know, mimicking you. And, you know, it's just like that stuff is like it's horrifying because there's a stranger and, you know, like watching you and you don't even mm -hmm. know it, you, you, you know. So now they just like have all this information about you, where you are, and you just you have no clue. And so that was like uh that was very terrifying to me um so there was just a lot of stuff like that like when i was like and then also just like the in the book he has this like there's the black marks on people's necks whenever he would strangle someone to death you, you know and like you, you know and like that yep. stuff was just like you know that shit was like you know i was like why isn't anyone using this in a horror movie <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's such a good visual like mo like uh, visual image visual image it's it's yeah. such a like it just it works so well and i was really happy to see that kind of incorporated in in yeah. your story for sure yeah yeah and i i loved it huh well i'm just thinking that like what, what kind of going off what you were saying earlier what i what i do love about your your film is that it is scary because I, I do think that a lot of times anymore, you know, there's the whole saying of what, like Frankenstein is not the monster, but Frankenstein is the monster, you know, that whole thing. But everyone looks at the monster or the creature as sort of like a sympathetic character. And it is. But but as you're saying, it's also scary, particularly from people from the outside of like someone peeking in your windows and all that kind of stuff. And so I do like that. Uh, cause I, I do think that that's something that a lot of adaptations miss about about the theme in, in that in that novel is that it is sympathetic but there is that horrible element of of absolute horror yes you know absolutely like the monster you know spoiler alert if you haven't read the, the book like it's like the monster <laughs> does some uh, pretty fucked up shit in the book i think he he absolutely. murders a child yeah. he murders yeah. a child <laughs> he strangles a child he sets Victor Frankenstein, like he frames Victor Frankenstein for the murder of this child, right? It's like, and yes. his best friend, uh -huh. no, his best friend. He also strangles his best friend and he strangles his like wife and like throws her out a window or something like that. It just yep. like, <laughs> you know, he's like, he does some wild as fuck stuff. Like, you know, it's like now he's sympathetic because he's intelligent and he was misunderstood. You know, you, you have all that, but it's just like, but the horror of what he did is still there like you know it's like yeah. it's still yeah. existing. and it's what makes that um uh the monster so interesting and awesome in the book but the other part of these adaptations that i felt like they um that they missed was like people always are kind of just like is you know humanizing you know victor frankenstein and understanding that this is not the monster's tale this is frankenstein's story this is about mm. the rise all of this man you 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 know what i mean like this is yes his trauma and his drama and and him dealing with a lot of stuff i mean his mom died at a very young age when he was like in the very mm -hmm. opening of the book and so to me i wanted to you know throw all my chips into that you know throw a lot of my chips into that element of it and be like look this is about um i i, I want to get back to that you know because i, I want to humanize i want to say why is this person so obsessed with science? Why? You know, what is making yeah. uh, her tick this way? Because I know for a lot of people, when they're talking about Frankenstein, the, the biggest, you know, strain that people talk about is 
you know, man versus God and, you know, should it be yeah. creating and stuff, you know, that's a line that that's an interpretation. It's a, you know, it is a part of it, but there's also what we forget to understand is like, he's kind of growing up in this really tragic situation. Like his mom died, you know, it's like, and I'm sure the plague was probably running rampant around that time. You know, it's like, he's, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. in, <laughs> in Europe, there are those feudal times and it's, good like none of that was good everything was bad no, back then not- anyway like everyone was <laughs> yeah, sick you know things I mean? were dirty like it wasn't yeah, like the yeah. best time to live either yeah. so like you know exactly exactly you know what I mean so I was just like yeah to me I was just like why wouldn't someone think to want to bring someone back from the dead like why wouldn't that be something in your brain like you know if you're being surrounded by that kind of stuff on a constant basis so for me when I was thinking about this I was just like instead of leading with the forefront of just like oh you know she hates god and you know it's like wants to challenge that you know it's like it's more of like how do we ground this how would a human operate where would she be drawing her motivation and to me it all kind of comes back to uh the the loss of her mother and her brother and the yearning to uh want to see them again you know and bring them back and i think that is a very you know uh human want you know, to me, yeah. at least, you know, as dark as oh, it can yeah. be, it's, just, it's very human to want that. And I think that um, that was kind of one of my things for this, because I, I actually I, you know, when I read it, my interpretation of Frankenstein, I was like, I thought that's what was driving him. You know, it's like I felt like whether he said whatever he said, I feel like underneath all of it, that was what was, you know, what was uh, what was thriving. And then I think he learned very quickly that, like, there's other things and life to bring him happiness once the monster starts taking those away from him, you know? How old were you when you first read Frankenstein? Probably like, I unfortunately, I didn't read it in high school, but I read it very, okay. like I read it when I was eight, like right after I graduated, I picked it okay. up. Okay, still a, still a very formative time to be reading stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. has it been like kind of a, has that been a formative text for you just in terms of shaping maybe like your creative path or wanting to be a creative? Oh, 100%, you know, cool. it's just like, and I'll draw the link to uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre with it too, because I think they both have a lot in common in weird ways, but like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, Exciting. but yeah, I think it was a hundred percent. Cause not only is it just like a groundbreaking, like genre blend of sci-fi horror, you, you know, you know, she's the, she's the godmother of that, you know, she's uh, sitting yep. on top. Uh, <laughs> sure is. But, yeah. But uh, you know, not only that, but just like, just the way it's written I I love the way you know old school literature is written like I just I eat that shit up like (laughs) yeah Yeah, you know but yeah it was very formative me for storytelling in what you can do in such a short amount of time because that book's not that long it isn't it's a very short book I always forget how short it is yeah 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 it's very it's it's not a very long novel and the amount of grounds that it's able to cover is just it's fucking phenomenal um, and the fact that she did it as a joke, you know, it's like, I think that's the legend, you know, she did it as a fucking joke uh-huh. and she was like 18. All right. Like, you know, like our ages. So God, queen. I know. <laughs> well, so how did, are you a big, like, have you always been a horror fan? Is that something you've been like consuming either through literature or through movies since you were young? No, nah, I hate horror. No, it's fair. Look, we've had people on who don't like who aren't as big of fans. I, you never know. Really, really. yeah, we <laughs> have people. Yeah, it's weird, but also yeah. like makes sense. But yeah, um, no, like uh, fortunately and unfortunately, uh, you know, my two big sisters traumatized me with horror as a young kid. You know, they were <laughs> like here, watch Leprechaun and Child's Play and Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> you know, it's Nightmare always Nightmare. Leprechaun and Child's Play. I feel yeah. like that's what we and I'm an older sister, so like you know, I yeah. I get it. But like that's what we show. Yeah. We're like it's funny yeah. and it's <laughs> yeah, it's you up forever. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I forgot which leprechaun. It might have been the first one where he makes the guy like, uh, like throw up gold coins until he dies or something like that. He's like, yes. <laughs> like, oh my god, like, this isn't funny. I'm terrified, and they're laughing at you. Yeah. I'm like, ah, see, it's funny. <laughs> that shit was crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, then come to find out, like literally, like probably like three months ago, I was talking to my older sister. She's like, yeah, I don't really like horror because you know, like it lives in my brain now. Like I was just like, you fucking traumatized me as a kid. And now I'm like obsessed and you're telling me now that you don't fucking like it. What the fuck, man? Wait, that's 
That's how dedicated big sisters are to the bit. Is that the last yeah. thing they don't actually like? Yeah, it was crazy. Oh man, do you do you remember like the 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 first horror movie you have memories of of seeing? Um, like the first, like the very very first one. Yeah, um, or like ones I mean, that like stick out in your mind from that early age. Yeah, like back then, you know, it was probably like around those like it was those ones like those those ones that my sister showed me. Those kind of like yeah. were the, the weird like formative years back then. But the one that actually kind of just like really, really got me, you know, was like a couple of some years later. Because before it was kind of like you think like, well, I'm just a kid. So like, of course, it's going to you're scared to even like go downstairs before, you know, it's like alone. Like yeah. it's just everything scares you. So but the one that really uh, struck me uh when i got like you know some years older was uh was texas chainsaw massacre like the original one that one really like um i don't know what it was about because you think you're like i'm grown or whatever close to being grown i'm a few years away from like my childhood where i think like you know nothing's really gonna fuck with me that much you know but man (laughs) okay well since you brought it up Let's let's move yeah. to talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. because sorry to blow up your spot, Bumani, but this is the film that you have brought with you today for us to discuss, right? Yeah. Finally. Yeah. We're talking about when you asked me. I was like, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, wow, you did the transition for me. That was, that was incredible. So good. <laughs> <laughs> but we are finally talking about this movie after having this podcast for so long. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. I am so sure most of us know the the synopsis, but I'll read a brief synopsis for anyone who isn't. Um Five friends head out to rural Texas to visit the grave of their grandfather. On the way, they stumble across what appears to be a deserted house, only to discover something sinister within, something armed with a chainsaw. (laughs) 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 All right, so take us us back, Bomani. How how old were you when you saw this? How did you see it? Kind of give us your all of your horror story of why this is your scarred for life pick. Shit, because like my friend kind of just gave it to me, and he was just like, "Yeah, you come watch this shit." And like he's from Texas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know what this shit is, but I, you know, it's like, and I was just like, the title's watching. cool. <laughs> yeah, the title's great. Yeah, one of my friends had the the best interpretation of that title. Why it's so incredible. He was like, oh, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like an amazing title. And he was like, I feel like it's amazing because you don't feel like you could ever really put those words together. Like, you know, as like a fucking string those words yes. together as a fucking title. And then you like do it. And then it's just like this fucking like magic spell. Like it just like yeah. it has this like those words together, like in a it sequence. Is so, it is like you're chanting a spell. Like they just go yeah. together so well. Yeah. And maybe it's because we've heard it so many times, but it is like it flows off the tongue beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. And it has like, it, it puts you in the place. It's just like, you know, the Texas and you're like, okay. So like I'm in Texas chainsaw. I, I know the weapon like, <laughs> massacre. Like you're just like, okay. So like, you know, uh, we know what to expect immediately. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's if you did anything else, if you were just like, you know, the, you know, the chainsaw massacre, it's like, okay, like, you, you know, the the Texas map, you know, it's like those things are like when you, but as soon as yeah. all of them are together, <laughs> it just works. It's like, it just, just works. yeah, it just flies, you know, it just flies. And then the other thing I really like about uh, that title is that I think it's like, obviously something happened. It's like, it's, it's grammatically incorrect because it's like, I think chainsaw is two words right yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's how you know yeah. it's the original one so it's like it has to stay like because that's how you know it's the original one from the 1970s because all the rest of them it's it's one word combined together it's, yep. it's, it's and, the correct way but... yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. I, I do remember at some point and i really wish i could i, I couldn't find it because i i did read an article that explained why there was a space between it and mm-hmm. i cannot find it now and i cannot remember exactly why but there was like a reason that they did that. And I think it, it had something to do with marketing or something to that effect is what I had read, but I can't find that article anymore. So I, who knows if I just pulled that out of my ass, but that is, that is what yeah. I had read a long time ago. And I, it's just, wow. it works for this movie so yeah. well. Yeah. That's also incredible. If it was some kind of marketing thing, because then it's just like, okay, so marketing said this had to be two words for this very brief moment in time. Yeah. And now everything after that, like now it's like it has to be one word. I forget how to spell chainsaw. And I'm like, oh shit, yeah. it, it I'm like, 
Is it one word or two? All the time. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that's that's actually incredible. <laughs> so so you, your Texas friend said, hey, you got to watch this. And so yeah. did you sit down and watch it with him? Yeah. Yeah. We were just like watching, turn off all the lights and we were just like watching it. And I was like, I couldn't move. I was having a heart attack. And like these people, because it How started. How old you? I was like, I think like, I don't know, 17 or 18 or something like that. Like that's okay. somewhere around there. Like within that that barometer of the brain drains, give it, uh, take a year or two or whatever. Like, yeah, like high school, high school-ish. Yeah, high school-ish, you know, near college, whatever it might be, you, you know? Yeah. And um. And yeah, he was just like, I was like having an anxiety attack. And at first, you know, it's like, you kind of feel like, okay, but you know, I got through the movie and then I go home and I can't sleep. I just think Leatherface is just going to fucking like do something to me. It's like, I don't want to travel anywhere. Like I just, I just want to stay in my house. And like that fucking metal door, I was like, and I don't want to go to butcher shops anymore. Like I just like, I was traumatized. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that fucking that first metal door kill oh fucking man like and there's no like it's real so and the music good. comes yeah and the music comes after the kill like it's so fucking groundbreaking like it's just you know it's like that shit was crazy it was insane i texted like terry perfect. while i was re-watching it and i was like i forgot that he just like walks up and there's pigs squealing and someone like hits and the heat and then motherface just comes out with the hammer like it's like so unceremonious in the freakiest way possible like it's so matter of fact and it's like shit it's like the small details too because like the body hits the ground and then just starts to like convulse and it's just like it's a sustained moment and then the music comes in and then he just slams that door and it's like what the fuck did i just see well and it's 35 minutes into the movie like you know we've spent a good chunk of it just kind of like setting up that this is a weird place and you know that these are five kids and there's a weird guy that they picked up in their car and it's all like the vibes are obviously so off and it's so uncomfortable but we don't get the violence until that but at the same time like they spend so much time making you feel gross like this movie I think everyone talks about like it's sweaty and kind of dirty because it is like middle of nowhere Texas the sun it's sweaty and they do a really good job setting that tone and then with that kill it's just like what am I watching? Like, it feels like a cursed movie. It really does feel yeah. like a cursed movie. Yeah, no, 100%. And then that opening where it's just like talking about the, you know, the victims and all that oh. other stuff. And it's just like, you know, even though I should know better, always, whenever a movie opens that way, it always makes me question. I was like, wait, is this based on something that happened? <laughs> it's like, you know, and weirdly enough, it's just like, that's all to me a movie needs to do is just make you question it for a moment and if you make me question it for a moment then it's like you have you got me for the rest like I will you know it's like then the fear will just take me you have now like that's all it takes you don't have to make me constantly believe like throughout the whole it's like all you have to do is slightly push me in the direction that this might have happened you know in real life and then like uh, I'm a goner. Like it's like, and then I'm that tiny little seed, and you're like, maybe it is real. Yeah, and then you never want to go to Texas again. You never (laughs) want to go to Texas again. You never want to go on road trips again. You don't want to pick up high. You know, uh, you don't want to pick up. I watched this, and I'm watching from the series. If you've ever heard of From before, um, and they both involve road trips and like things going wrong and now i'm like well now i'm never going on a road trip ever again (laughs) i don't want to run into anything at all um i'm terrified of the open road (laughs) never again (laughs) cities only (laughs) (laughs) as if we needed another reason not to visit texas right this is a (laughs) this is a good yeah i was like man about texas man (laughs) it's getting it (laughs) so What's funny, though, is that you kind of have a similar, at least an age for me for when I first saw this. I never saw this. I remember seeing the kind of like cover at the VHS stores when I was when I was younger. And it has that really striking cover, particularly when like the the tagline of who will survive and what will be left of them. Like, mm-hmm. it's such a good tagline. And yeah. I remember seeing that as a kid never being able to watch it because my parents were really weird sometimes about what movies I could and couldn't watch. And so I'd gone away to college. It's my freshman year of college. I was staying in the dorms. 
um, at this point, I didn't have a roommate because my roommate left mid semester and there was this video store down the street and I would go and rent a bunch of movies. And this was one I was like, I'm going to finally watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And so I got this VHS copy of it. I'm in my dorm. I pop it in. I'm sitting there. And, you know, I think a lot of times within this, particularly in this age of like everything is 4K, everything is crystal clear, everything is, you know, it there's. I love that we have that and that it makes things so vibrant, but I watched this, this tape that had probably been played hundreds of times and was scratchy and was dirty. Like the, the, there was dirt and there was like scratches in it. And it, when I was watching this movie, it add, it added to like this feel that I'm seeing something, Mary Beth, you said cursed film. It made me feel like I'm watching something that I shouldn't. This feels, it made me feel incredibly dirty. And there's the one scene that just like knocked me on my ass as an 18 year old in college was when he lifts the girl up and puts her on the hook. And I think Toby Hooper does such a great job with this film where you actually like now that I'm rewatching it and it's in 4k and it's, you know, gloriously beautiful and everything's cleaned up. I'm like seeing that there's not actually a whole lot of blood in this, but the way that he frames everything, it makes it Mm -hmm. feel, uh, it makes it feel like you really are there. And so when he puts her on that hook, I remember just falling out of my chair and in college yeah. and going, what the fuck am I watching? This is this a snuff film? It's, it's kind of like the feel <laughs> it gave me. It made me feel gross. Yeah. No. And the other I was I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say something about that kill too. The thing that was very like awesome about it that was like, you know, it's groundbreaking even in just like the sound design because like you don't hear the hook. Like when right. he puts her on the hook, you don't hear that. A lot no. of like the some of these effects that are happening, like you don't hear it, but you still feel it. And so it made me kind of be like, when I'm watching that movie, I'm just like, man, there's just like levels of horror that people aren't even exploring. Like these days, you know, sound design is like, which is great, is doing, you know, it's like it's helping to like make it visceral. But then mm-hmm. there's also like going the other extreme, you know, where you're just like, nah, I'm not going to give you the sound effects to that. And you're just going to feel it. You, you know, it really yeah. made me just feel the hook. Like I didn't need to hear the timing or anything like that. I felt it, you know, because mm-hmm. I didn't hear and so just like making doing different options like that really like I you know it's just like really makes that movie so fucking visceral in strange ways there's like so much it's it's one of the you know the best horror movies there's a reason why it's one of the best horror movies ever made it's just because it there's like I mean it's like the space odyssey it's like the 2001 of like horror cinema you know it's like people are still drawing from that fucking well you know people are still like drawing from it because there's so much there to pull from and that too got me this time because it's the way she tries to pull herself up because i feel like in, mm. like in so many movies we see that that whole thing but there's something about the way she does it with the lack of sound and just her face try, and her like hands trying to pull herself up off the hook like something about that whole sequence is just like so nihilistic and like you're stuck like you are nothing yeah. but an animal to be slaughtered and it, i mean it's yeah. to him at home in front of her is a dead body of her boyfriend and Leatherface grabs like, his chainsaw and starts mm-hmm. cutting him to pieces as she watches from the meat hook. And it's just all I could sit there was like thinking was like, how badly does this have to be like the feeling of a hook sinking into your flesh? Like that has to be the most awful feeling in the world. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're in a ridiculously disgusting basement. There's a man with a chainsaw wearing human skin. Like there's just yeah. There's so much of yeah. this movie where I was like, even if I survived, I don't know if I would want to survive. I'd be like, I think I might just need, to, I might just need to go. Like, I'll talk about that towards the end. But like, I'm like, I don't want to live after this, honestly. Like, I can just pretend. I just need to like fall gently into that dark night and just like never have to live after that. Yeah. That's like about all big movies like this that I always like think. I'm like, I want to believe I'd be a final girl, but really, I'd be like, I don't need this. Like, I don't. I don't even know how I could survive. I'm checking after. out. I have like, ceased to be. Out. Like, you got me. Just cut me out, like Franklin in his wheelchair outside. Just like slice oh. and dice me and leave me out. Like, it's done. <laughs> oh my god yeah. but i i wanted to mention like talking about especially the beginning with like him with who with hooper setting up like this is real because he actually said that he intended like this was intentional to have that misinformation because he wanted to create a response of being lied to the government about things that were going on in the world and that included watergate in vietnam 
And I always yeah. people talk about this movie in Vietnam all the time. And I always like keep that in mind because I think it's so interesting. But I mean, this whole thing is about like spreading like, mis- the combating misinformation, which is unfortunately still a problem yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, um, but it's just cool. I didn't know like, that. yeah. And just like this movie was made for like no money by this guy, and he's making this like incredibly interesting commentary about the government. And now we have it like all these years later still as such like a pinnacle of like political messaging in a movie that you might be like no it's not and it's like actually no like that is a lot of the conceit behind it yeah so i just find that yeah. really fascinating history of this movie no i think that's incredible because i didn't even really know that but it you know it tracks and i think you know a lot of people who um a lot of people don't realize how much like social commentary is moving through horror genre you know the horror genre a lot yeah. of people people who like mistake and kind of just like oh we don't want that you know it's like well, I'm just like dude it's in everything that you love you you understand that right like I even remember not to sidetrack from text chainsaw massacre but also not only just like in for instance black christmas there's like a pro-life pro-choice argument going on in the middle yes. of that damn movie like you, you you know what I mean it's just like it's it's in there you know and this is one of the most like you know monumentally classic horror movies of all time not to mention like Changeling, one of the greatest like haunted house horror movies. There's an entire sidebar about like political turmoil going yep. on in that movie. And it's just like these um, these classic arcs of cinema, even horror cinema, it's just like they have always been a working vehicle for those things. You, you know, it's just like it's always been a vein. It has never not been. So like, yeah, that's that's even more incredible about the text. It just keeps uh, unraveling and giving us more. As you talk about it to the years. It does, I just feel like every time I watch this movie and like talk about it, it's just like more comes out. And it's like a freaking $100,000 budget movie made in Texas in the sweltering heat. And it's just like fundamentally changed the horror landscape. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Whatever. Like, casually, whatever. Yeah. No, like, yeah. No, go ahead. No, 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 man. It's your show. I'm living in it, baby. Go, go, go. No, what what I started thinking about watching it this time was because like I was thinking about how a lot of times when we when we're looking at like a decade of of horror cinema, you can sort of see it reflected back in like the past, right? So we have like the back in the eighties was sort of like taking movies that the people grew up with in the fifties and sort of subverting them, and then like I was thinking about this in particular with with this film being in such like a fraught political time with like the war in Vietnam that was going on Watergate, like all this political shit that was happening in the background. And here's Toby Hooper saying like, yeah, let's talk about our own neighbors and talk about the callousness of humanity and kind of the idea that something random and horrible could happen at any minute. They're just going to visit their, their, their grandfather's grave and they end up getting sidetracked into like hell. And I started thinking again about how, Cinema from the early aughts, particularly like the torture porn, and I'm using that quotation, sort of like subgenre, was sort of a direct uh, pulling directly from like the things that were happening post 9-11 with Guantanamo Bay and the idea that, mm-hmm. again, you could be anywhere and something horrible can happen to you. And I started thinking about how like those aughts are very much similar to the kind of political landscape that Toby Hooper was creating Texas Chainsaw Massacre in and all of the movies from the 70s were dealing with ideas of uh, like deliverance toxic toxic masculinity at some points with that Mm -hmm. or the war or dealing with that sort of angst that is eating us alive in our heartland of that considered the heartland of america right it's just i don't know i think there's something fascinating there yeah no 100 percent. there's like i mean you said a lot right there that's i know (laughs) (laughs) no man it's just like yeah i think you hit the nail on the head with all of that um it's some of these backdrops that are like infusing and uh, making these creators kind of uh, tell these stories in such an interesting way. And, you know, it's like, I really never put those two because those two together with the, you know, that torture porn era where you got your hostels and your saws and, you know, and those mm-hmm. and you're like, cause you know, I was kind of just like growing up in it. So, you, you know, you're yeah. just like watching that. Stuff, you don't really yeah. you know, but now in retrospect, when you say that, you're just like, oh, fucking yeah. Like with Tom Bay and like, that was a time period where that was kind of being talked about and being, you know, mm-hmm. um, scrutinized, you, you know? And I was just like, damn, that is like, you know, it's like, that's crazy. You know, it's like, it opens those movies up a little more, you know, even more. So like, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, 
man, I'm learning all kinds of crazy shit here. Y'all are fantastic. <laughs> every day is a school day, as my friend Emily yeah, said to yeah, me. Yeah, every day is a school yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, but, uh, but, but yeah, no, it's such a good movie. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, we're talking about all this, and it's like, this is incredible background. And then as soon as we hit that that first kill, this movie just, like, shoots off to the races and everyone is dead in like I feel like 10 15 minutes except for Sally it's like the best like the two best friends are dead her boyfriend is dead and then Frank poor Franklin who is one of the only horror characters in a wheelchair we've ever seen just gets absolutely like I mean literally ripped to pieces and it's just like so quickly they're like no no you don't none of these characters are living like sorry you don't anyone you liked or had sympathy for out the Mm -hmm. window yeah no, nah. so, you just, don't. I, even, sorry. sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I just, I said, I, I you just forget how, I, like, because I haven't seen this in a couple of years, and you just like forget the incredible pacing of this movie and how mm-hmm. it just really is like go go go, and it, like as soon as it gets into the action, and it's like you would think it's people might consider it slow, but it's not at all. I think it's such a well paced movie and how it sets everything up and how it just like throws you into this nightmare so quickly without like really any like big setup. It's incredible how they do that. Oh no, one hundred percent. The other awesome thing about it, like you don't even know who the fuck the main character is until everybody gets killed. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like Franklin a little bit though you know what I mean they almost make it like Franklin because we're with him for so much of the movie like him yeah, in the abandoned yeah. house like we see him get yeah. cut by the creepy guy in the back of the car yeah. like absolutely yeah. why we don't pick up hitchhikers anymore everybody yeah. Yeah. and you yeah. don't but like you really don't know because everyone is kind of given the same amount of screen time like no one's really kind of like set apart or really like given any kind of attention yeah. and I didn't really think yeah. about that like you really don't know who the main character is until everyone else <laughs> yeah you're just like oh like, i guess oh, this I guess is who we're running with. yeah <laughs> this is who we're supposed to root like, for thank you so much yeah well and i yeah. i had seen like yeah. um an article talking about how ridley scott was very enamored with this movie and i think you can kind of see a little bit because i was just thinking because i hadn't even thought about that that you don't know because you know we see this movie so many times that i was like you don't know that it's it marilyn burns is going to be the the protagonist of this because there's there's no real focus on any of them, right? And so I was thinking about this with with Alien because Alien's the same way. I when you first watch it, you don't know that Sigourney Weaver is going to be like the badass hero at the end. You think it's going to be Dallas oh, or like true. one of the the main characters, not this this kind of random person that is just part of the crew, and just she's the only one that really survives. And so I, I kind of saw that that terms of progression in that movie that that is happening in this, just in a similar way. Yeah. No, I think like man, Alien, hell yeah! <laughs> but uh, my favorites, yeah, shout out to Alien, you know. But um, uh, yeah, like with uh with Texas Chainsaw, like I, I that's another format that I wish you know it's like then you know I want to see more too, where it's just like, look, man, if we're if you're gonna do that, you, you know, it's just like, what's the point in trying to zero in on someone so fast? Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's just like all yeah. it tells me is okay, I'm I'm banking everything, you know, whereas like with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when you're first watching it and you don't even really understand who the main character is, it's just like, you don't know who can die. Right. You know, it's like at whatever moment and like being able to hold on to that as long as possible, you you, you know, is like, I think is, that's a treasure. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like, a, it a, is a though. Cause like we just, we're yeah. so like, especially cause this came out in a time where like, we didn't have all these tropes yet. And now mm-hmm. we're so used to it. Like, we know the formulas and this, like, because, yeah. I mean, this came out obviously before Halloween. Like, it really, like, it doesn't fit the formula, which is which is amazing. Yeah. And I think it's like, I see more movies trying to break free from those formulas and, like, doing that kind of thing. But it really is so, like, watching this and being, like, even though I know who's going to be the final girl, like, it is really amazing uh, to see how uh, they were like, we don't know what the fuck a final girl is when we're making this movie. Like, we don't need to, like, kind of work around these tropes which i think is like so cool to watch movies from this era before we had all like we had formulas but from like a different era of movies that yeah weren't but yeah. like yeah you know what i mean it's just yeah uh, movie is just so cool. yeah it's amazing i mean so yeah this predates halloween right uh texas mm-hmm. Jason, it does yeah okay it predates halloween yeah. uh because this was 1974 halloween was 1978 and it also okay. predates what terry Oh no! Eight? I was you. Yep. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. And then it also predates Black Christmas, too. Okay. Awesome. So do we awesome. consider this a slasher, then? Okay, so let's let's talk about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's talk about it. It's <laughs> a small I, question, but a it. big question. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about it. Because that's the other brilliant thing about this movie that I was going to connect to uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Hell yeah, is, cool. Yeah, okay. So it's like my my parallel between the two is like when Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, that book works in like three different modes. Right. There's like three different fucking stories going on there. Right. You have your yeah. you know, Genesis and creation sequence. So like you can make an entire story out of that, you, you know, yeah. of some trial and error to try to get to life. Right. You know, it's like so she has that that part of it. Then you have just like this anxiety inducing section. Right. Where it's like the, 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 the creature's gone. People are showing up dead. I'm finding dead bodies. I don't know what the fuck I did. You know, it's just like, I, you know, it's just like you have that whole that's a whole movie. That's a whole book. You know what I mean? It's just like if something yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. And you have the end of the book, which is like a revenge story. It's basically, yeah. you know, like uh, Captain Ahab shit, right? Where he's chasing the white whale. Yeah. Like that, that's an entire, you know what I mean? Just, that's three different novels that you could make within one. And like the structure and the groundbreaking structure of that book is something that was so fascinating to me that she could get away with in such a short amount of time, right? And I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is groundbreaking in that very same way like you have that first section where it's like okay you got the kids coming into town but then it's just like like clockwork it's like one after the other and it takes and it takes its time with it of just like one goes in the house you know gets knocked off other ones like where did they go you know it's just like they draw that out you know it's like that's people do that for a whole movie okay what do we think psycho is right like that's like you know it's like psycho is operating in that kind of situation right yeah mm-hmm. and so then you have your slasher moment where people are getting chased by you know that's basically friday the 13th right where it's just like all right yeah. like <laughs> right you have that yep. and then you have this next section where it's like family psychological drama right where it's just like it's psychological terror where she's sitting at the table no one's really going to kill you right now but we are going to torment you and just you know fuck with your mind to like such an extreme level and it's like exhausting right the way how and so yeah that's one of the reasons why i i love this movie because it's like it's definable but it's so undefinable you you know it's doing so many so many things that people don't give it a lot of credit for for how like how much it is experimenting with its format and how much it's figuring itself out and how much it's like and that's another like i think mark of a uh, one of my marks of like an incredible movie is when you have like a uh when you have these fantastic ideas fantastic like scenes and stuff like that but you only really need to do them once or twice and then you abandon them because you have these other great things you, you're gonna get to you know yes. it's like i always liken it to like uh terminator 2 right you remember when he's he has um uh john carter on the motorcycle he's like trying to get him and you know t-1000 chasing him in the la river and then he brings out his shotgun and he shoots it and then he reloads it with one hand you know it's like and he shoots it again and it's like now listen like he could have done that the entire movie (laughs) like you know and i would have exactly fine with that but instead it's like they do that for just that sequence and then they throw sequence. it away because James Cameron's just like, look, man, I got like 10,000 other great Let ideas. Let me stop in my bag of all these ideas I'm just going to throw on the fucking screen. Yeah, yeah. I got so much shit in my bag. Do you want like, a semi breaking through a bridge? Do you want like yeah, a, yeah. a helicopter yeah, and, a, yeah, yeah. and a minigun? Like, I got yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got so much shit, man. I'm not even fucking worried about it, right? But like, like that's, that's the type of shit I'm talking about. And with like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's just like he's just in his fucking horror bag so much it's it's crazy even like i was glad because i was wondering about that if it predated halloween and so when you tell me that i'm just like yeah even to, i'm not saying like it, he invented this i'm not sure i can't like you got fact check but the idea of just like with Leatherface, it's already crazy that's like he's wearing someone else's face right and he's doing manipulating through that but also just like you never see the man behind the face similar right. to like you know just Ortiz or mike myers and it creates this this mysterious horror like that's another mode that like it's working through uh like this entire movie so it's like this movie is so the the well is so deep you know it's just like again like it really is 
face so, odyssey it's, baby it's, like it's crazy it is, though, well because like i want to touch on that really quickly because like yeah. i there have been writings about this movie in a folk horror and i'm always like mm-hmm. i don't know and this time i see that and i think in context of what you're saying too about how hooper is like pulling from like a bag of tricks of like what can i like what can i do and like what can i play with and i think especially in the beginning like again in the beginning because Franklin is in the house and we see like this weird like Blair Witch-esque package like all of a sudden placed on the ground outside of like feathers and bone and like animal bones and it's like it feels like something out of a like, weird pagan ritual and then when the first time they're in the house we see like the bone couch and things hanging up in the in the house and like obviously it's supposed to be terrifying but it also feels like these feel like 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 ritualistic objects or like important or objects like mm-hmm. altars Reliquaries. never is really talked about again but like there's something yeah. really interesting about like is there like a whole other like deity or thing that they worship and there's so yeah. many questions it opens up and it never answers and i think that's what's so incredible because we don't just have Leatherface we have a family like this like I think what a lot of the time when people talk about Leatherface they're like oh yeah Leatherface is so scary but I'm like that whole family is fucking terrifying because Leatherface yeah. is also coded <laughs> Leatherface yeah. is also coded as having like a developmental disability which is kind of weird and a little bit bizarre but that's the 1970s and we're not we're not fully trying to do things PC here but mm-hmm. It's not just Leatherface. Like it's a family affair because they they the the, cor- the fucking grandfather is the worst part to me because he's oh. both hysterical looking and terrifying. Because I'm like that is the so sucking that is like sounds. so okay. Yeah. He's so yeah. obviously like fake makeup, but at the same time I'm like that. If I saw anyone remotely like that, I would be down the street. And they're like, yeah. oh yeah, he's yeah. really good at killing. So there's this generational aspect to this, mm-hmm. and then. He starts sucking on her fucking finger. Like, that to me is one of the scariest parts. When they cut open her finger and he starts starts sucking on it. I'm like, this movie is awful. And I mean that in, like, the best way. Because it's just... This ending is this fucking Marilyn Burns' Sally is just screaming at a dinner table. There's weird men sucking on her finger, laughing in her face, talking about, like, weird family dynamics. And she's like, where the fuck am I? Like, this poor woman is screaming nonstop as these guys are like grandpa loves to kill with hammers and it's like <laughs> God damn. and it's like it's got that like proto like it's but it it we talk about we talked about torture porn but it has that aspect of like the psychological torture and people are like yeah. oh movies weren't like that they were like i don't want to yeah. hear any shit about like movies have gotten worse i'm like no texas chainsaw has almost no blood in it Mm-hmm. which is wild but it's also one of the most disgusting movies i've ever seen and not even just because of the kills but of the house and the family and the whole vibe around mm-hmm. it is just rancid and yeah. it just yeah. makes my stomach hurt and i find that such an accomplishment and being able to make me feel ill watching something and being like yeah. i need this to be over but not because i hate it like it's not it's it's just like so tense and so terrifying that it's just like i can only imagine to watch that at 17 being like i have to go like i can't be here and be like this i shouldn't be watching this and you you both had like touched on something that that, like i really realized what on on this watch was uh because mary beth you were talking about sort of like the the pagan drawings and everything and at the very beginning of the movie the hitchhiker actually like marks the car with like blood so like there's that aspect of it oh yeah i fucking forgot about that another thing that i think is is underrated is as you were saying bomani i i there's a lot of environmental storytelling going on in this movie like when she when the the first girl i can't remember her name but she's going in the house by herself and she stumbles into like the kind of kitchen area where there's like the the designs of human bones and there's like there's so much just that they don't explain but you just see so much that you can kind of put together oh you're in a house of people that eat people they are using bones Mm -hmm. as decorations they um obviously do not care about their house because it is full of feathers and full of just rotting disgusting things and there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of that kind of storytelling that that just that is never really discussed is never part of the dialogue is never part of really the narrative but you see it and you immediately know oh this place is horrible and it's just the way that that the production design on this is just is phenomenal for me i it always works on such a horrifying level oh my god yeah the the production design alone in this movie again like i said you know it's like this movie the well (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> it is. And like the first time I the first time I watched this, I was kind of laughing at the design at first. I was like, you obviously went to party city, like not party city. I don't know what they had in the 70s, but like you like went to a store and got like cheap bones. Mm-hmm. And that was me being cynical. But then I'm watching it now and I'm like, this is actually really well done for like again having a tiny budget and probably having like plastic bones and skulls but you still constructed the weirdest shit i've ever seen and so yeah. that's absolutely incredible and like when i first saw this movie i was still terrified i think that just that one moment when they're like doing the close up of all the bones i'm like mm. but now i'm like that's incredible use of bones <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah especially as i've like gotten to know more filmmakers and like how hard it is to get money to make things like that it's like god damn they really did like maximize that budget as much as possible and that is so yeah impressive doubt and even the thing that works to me as well with those like when it comes to the environment and um the way they're visually telling that story with it is the sounds that they decide you know that that um what's it called that that motif sound of like it's like the camera clicking that camera thing sound time. just like yes it's yeah. like violins it just it screeches yeah. on you and it's just like yeah. you feel it in your bones that opening moment where like you it's dark and then you just see a, a flash of something horrifying and it's that yeah. sound yeah i'm so glad you brought yeah. that up because that sound is terrifying yeah it's like it's a crazy like um amazing like gr- it's grating it's annoying it's you know it's terrifying and like and he keeps using it and it, mm-hmm. it also makes you you know for me like when whenever i'm looking at horror the thing at least i believe in horror is just you know it's probably cliche so but i believe horror is like a spectrum right and like mm-hmm. um and how you can terrify someone and what that means and to me it's like it goes all the way from you know the extreme of just being like you know i don't want to sleep and you know it's like I'm making my screen call down to all these kind of negative emotions which is you know it's like even down to annoyance you know because yeah. like there's there's terror and understanding. I think there was a Black Christmas episode where it's like there's terror and understanding that I'm going to be trapped in a room and have to listen to the same song over and over again for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's just like it's a you know it's like when you think about that, it's just like that 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 there's something horrifying about that, right? Mm-hmm. But you know what is that evoking? The annoyance, right? Like yep. you know, it's like yeah. the grating. You you know what I mean? It's just like that is a that is a level of horror. You you know it is a part of horror. You you know it's just like it is one of those negative like you know emotions on the spectrum that you just don't want to fucking feel. Yeah. Or you know disgust. You you know it's not necessarily always like oh you know is you know is the monster under the bed? I don't want to look under the bed. You know oh the monster jumped out and now I'm running like that's a that's a that's a weapon you, you know it's just like mm-hmm. it is a yeah. it is a part of war but it's not the only thing and that's another thing that i really love about texas chainsaw masters like when it's utilizing those sounds mixed with like the environment and anything else like that sound is grating you, you know it's just like yeah. so the imagery is is horrifying but also the sound is just very like it's it's grating it's annoying you know it's like it it gets it it's inside of my skin and like I enjoy him using all these different like weaponries to to to, to care you know to scare you you, you know make you feel yeah. uncomfortable you know at the very well, least you know yes absolutely and I was what you were just um, saying reminded me that this time when I was watching it what what really stuck out to me is the the initial chase scene not the the final one but the one where where Sally jumps out the window she jumps out the window twice I guess in this movie but good for Plain her shit, but like though I mean just throwing that whole body out the window <laughs> I respect that and she ends up running eventually getting to like the barbecue place but there's mm-hmm. the sound of the chainsaw and this entire chase that chainsaw is pretty much the only soundtrack we have we have that yes. and we have her screaming yeah. and then by the time she gets to the the barbecue place and this he's like right there and the door opens and she falls into the into the the arms basically of the the guy that's running the place who also you know we find out is part of the family but the moment she mm-hmm. gets inside the chainsaw just stops the sound just drops out and it's just like all of a sudden very quiet of her just like screaming for help with this guy mm-hmm. and i i started thinking about it because that that noise is so omnipresent and it just it sets in you as this like uncomfortable buzzing sound that's inside of you and then the moment when she gets to safety and i'm using that in quotes it's like all of a sudden gone and you're like oh it's a moment to breathe and then it's no he is beating her with the broom he's trying to get her in a bag like it's just it's one thing after another it's just grueling yeah no thousand percent (laughs) that movie oh sorry i'm so sorry 
No, no, no. Do you? No, I just we we're we're getting close to the end, and I know we haven't even talked about like the final shot, like the final moment of the film, and I want us to get to that super quick before we wrap up. Um, Do it. Cathartic or not? Thoughts? Oh, I mean, I think it's a hundred percent cathartic. Like that's one thing about this movie because it's operating in so many different wavelengths and like its structure is so crazy and it's you know doing so much stuff it's like you know uh, me and my homeboy like when we talk about this there's like this movie and you know the descent we're just like you know these movies are too insane for you to understand Mm -hmm. how to end it it just has to end on an emotional beat there can't be any like shit like you know what i mean like oh you know you killed the family and the cops can't you know it's like that that shit can't happen in a movie like it's too it's too crazy it's it's playing by too many of its own rules it's you know it's like it's breaking free of it has no it had you know i don't want to say it has no structure but you know it's like but it's just operating on its own wavelength and so yeah because this move such an incredible like emotional vehicle of you know pure terror and how that is explored in how many different ways to me just like her screaming on the back of this truck getting away and him in like the sunset just you know going wild with this you know chainsaw on you hearing that sound and the scream to a laugh to you know and then it just like cutting to black is just like it's perfect you can't do it any other way you can't do it any other fucking way you can't there's no way there's no happy ending but there's like a it's like and I don't even think it's hopeful. I think like, I mean, we won't talk about the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Um, I don't like that. Sorry, everybody. And I'm sorry if you did like it. Um, but I just I think seen- there's something so terrifying about like, yeah, she escaped, but like at what cost? But still there's like a feralness to her that I love. Oh, her, think- her scream laugh turns into, it's almost like her mind has been broken at that point Ex- though. It's yeah. like- mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I yeah. find- at, there is catharsis to be found in this like kind of fuck you situation that she's in like I did it and yes I am beaten to shit and yes I am traumatized forever and my friends are dead but at the same time like fuck you like and I think yeah. there is something so cathartic about being able to have that fuck you moment in such a mm-hmm. feral way too like not in a conventional fuck you moment and with yeah. him like dancing dancing but like that kind of weird dance he's doing at the end of frustration it's just like we don't see that frustration from our killers a lot in horror so seeing that final shot of frustration with him feels so cathartic for like the female characters and then for him it's not and i just love that tension of like catharsis Mm. there and i just like ooh, tasty yeah but terry you said you don't think this is cathartic right we were talking about this offline so I want to hear your theory super quick before we have gotta to air out his dirty laundry like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, I do this to him all the time. Oh, all I'm the such time. an asshole. All the time. All oh, the I'm, time. Expo- I'm exposing him all the time. <laughs> no, as you're explaining it, it makes more sense to me why. Because I'm like, I don't feel catharsis by the end of this. Because I feel like this woman is broken. This woman has lost all of her friends. She's lost her family. We don't really know like her if her parents are alive. All we know is Franklin. And we know that her grandfather was is buried in the cemetery. And so I, in my mind, I'm just like, it is like that final scream of uh, going back to the descent, which in the in the UK version, you know, she doesn't escape. It's like she's back in there and she is alone mm-hmm. in this darkness, oh, yeah. staring at a mm-hmm. cake. And so I'm thinking about that with this, where it's like, it doesn't really offer you any answers or any sense for me of catharsis. But the way you're explaining it in terms of like an emotional release Absolutely, I can see that. So oh, yeah. I, I'm going to hedge my bet a bit. But yeah, I didn't originally think, I was like, no, this movie didn't make me feel catharsis. It made me feel gross and numb and just like, that woman is fucked for the rest of her life. Yeah. Look, both things can be true. We all contain multitudes, you know. Uh, so yeah. I know we're like, uh, I know we're close, but I did want to like bring this up because I, when, uh, when it comes to this movie, me and my friends were like arguing about what's the, uh, it's my hot take, you know, give me hot water, but it's like, we're arguing, it's like, you know, whether Psycho or Texas Chainsaw Massacre was better. And we watched them back to back, like some yeah. night or whatever. I landed on Texas Chainsaw, man. I like, I, like, I love I, Psycho. I landed I on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. I agree. 
I this movie is just but, visceral. But, it just it. I don't, it, no it's hate cursed. to Alfred Hitchcock, but it doesn't no. feel as cursed and gross and like viscerally upsetting as this yeah. movie. Yeah. Like Psycho is yeah. incredibly well written and plotted, but this yeah. one is just like an it's a nightmare. It's a yeah. nightmare. But you know what was extremely surprising about it, and I know you gotta go, but like was that when you take another look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it is surprisingly strangely well plotted. Like there are yeah in that movie in like very strange ways that are very hidden like you brought it up earlier when he marks the blood on the car or like when they meet like these you know they meet all the pieces of their family separately you have no idea they're connected until they like go to like the family dinner and you're just like oh the hitchhiker this guy all three of them are on the same team like that's like clever plotting like Mm -hmm. you know it's like that's clever setups and payoffs and so it's like this movie, like underneath all the fucking chaos and all the emotional stuff, it's like, that just means the movie does an incredible job of hiding it, right? Because that's what you yeah. want. You don't want your audience to feel like they're sitting through a plot. You know, it's like, so Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre actually hides its plot in a very incredible way. But when you start breaking it down, you start looking at it, you're just like, oh, shit. Like this movie has all of these tools as well, you, you know? Because when we watched them back to back, like you can't you you unmistakably cannot like bring some of the stuff to that the other one has or whatever so when you're watching cycle you're just like yeah like you said the craft of the story but when you're watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre and that's in your head you're just like wait a minute like this movie has those things in it and it so does. like this is there's that throwaway line speaking of the way that this is plotted where mm-hmm. the hitchhiker is like talking they're talking about how people kill cattle and it's like, isn't mm-hmm. the gun more effective? And he's like, no, 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 you got to use the hammer. And he's like, oh, the fuck. gun, the gun took jobs away. Like you start to realize again, it's that environmental storytelling. If you're realizing how like rural and how uh, pushed down these people are because they lost their jobs because of mechanizations of like being able to just, yeah. just, just do gun, gun cattle. Yeah. But it also sort yeah. of sets in with this idea of like barbecue, the food, the the mm-hmm. kind of the nature of this film is in that one little throwaway line that has seemingly nothing to do with the plot, but has everything to do with the plot. Yeah. Yeah. This makes me think of hereditary and how hereditary has so much of that, like predestination, like there's no escaping Mm. stuff in it and how there's so Mm. much of that movie hidden. And this does that same exact thing. Oh my God, you've blown my brain to pieces. (laughs) Thank you. Cause now I have an even deeper appreciation for this movie and thinking about that and how well it hides that kind of like, no matter what you think you can do to escape, there is no escape. Like you're screwed. Yeah. 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 Okay. Movie. With that brain brokenness, we can start, <laughs> we can wrap up and give our ratings out of five. So Terry, you are first. How many screaming Marilyn Burns out of five do you give Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre? I feel like I, I mean, know we're is, all going to give this movie, but like. It's an easy, this is a one. No, I'm kidding. This is a five. <laughs> this is like, this is a perfect horror movie. And yeah. as I was watching it this time, one thing that like really jumped out at me is I actually started feeling really bad for uh, for Leatherface because there's this moment where I he's like, after he's killed, I think, three people, and he's like, where are all these people coming from? He's like looking out the window. He's like, it's like almost like a home invasion movie. We're like, where the fuck are all these kids coming from? I just want to live my life and you keep busting into my fucking house. Like, it's just, it's that moment he sits there and he's like sitting there in the chair with his hands and his head in his hands. Like, what is going on? And I just, it, there's something darkly comedic about that moment for me that I never even really clocked until this viewing of like, yeah, they're breaking into this poor guy's house. And he's just like, the fuck, man? I'm just trying to like, make my masks and 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 put on my makeup and in peace what the hell is going on so I, this movie's perfect i i can't find any flaws with it i just i love it so much every time i watch it i'm i'm glued into something different it's five screaming Marilyn burns what about you mary beth oh five all the way five all the way i've it's, it's just it's everything it's got all the all the things and it's so smart and weird and incredible and it just makes me love horror movies and what we can do with horror movies so much um it's a it's a fucking five for me uh Bamani you have the final word how many screaming Marilyn Burns out of five <laughs> oh man yeah you, you already know it's the boring answer but it's, it's a five you know it's just this movie it has so much to offer and it also has this element of I mean similar to like a it's like a swagger that can't be mimicked can't be copied you, you know like yeah. It's just like, you know, when Tarantino hit the scene, you know, it was a bunch of, you know, knockoffs, but they could never really do it. You, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like they couldn't 
know, mimic the style. It's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We keep trying to figure it out. We can't like, it's, like, it's just its own thing. And it has so much to offer the horror, uh, the horror space. And I love it so much. It's, it's the best horror movie of all time. Well, thank you so much, Bomani, for joining us thank to talk you. about this movie. Um, uh, are you on social media? Uh, Where can our listeners find you? And what do you have coming up? Go ahead and plug everything that you that you have coming your way. Um, you can find me and the Angry Black Girl on uh, IG. I'm Story is King. Angry Black Girl is Angry Black Girl Film. I believe like you can uh, search both of those up and, you know, next story that I got on my back is a, is a, is a fantasy, dark fantasy, you know, best way I could yeah. describe it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, best way I could describe it is juice meets Lord of the Rings. Uh, so if you're familiar oh my with God. juice, about that, yeah, like, so like, you know, be on the lookout. It's coming. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's coming. Hell yeah. 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 yeah yeah okay so listeners you've heard from us we want to hear from you what was your experience with the original texas chainsaw massacre you can send us an email at scarred for life podcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us directly on twitter i am at mb mcandrews and i'm mcgaily dreadful and of course don't forget to follow the podcast on twitter at scarred podcast and please don't forget to review rate and subscribe and if you want to help support us we are on patreon thank you to eric power for our artwork thank you to sean keller for our music thank you everyone for listening please stay safe out there but most importantly stay creepy and until next time When you pick up some scratches, cause you want a fun break. The playful way you scratch is the next choice you should make. You can make your dog's leg kick and scratch with that. You could even grab a laser pointer and use your cap. You can build yourself a homemade scratching machine. Or use a piece from your chest set. Go ahead, grab the queen. Scratch like a DJ with your record player. A cactus could scratch off that scratchable layer. Cause when it comes to scratching, there's a million playful ways. Thanks to scratches from the California lottery, a little play can make your day. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase, play, or claim. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>